<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, everybody. Welcome to On a Mother Level Bachelor Bonus. It is week seven of Matt James' season, and it's been a huge and dramatic week in the Bachelor world. My recapper and I today are going to break it all down for you, everything that you saw on television this week, because we are ready for some hometowns, and these girls have reached unbelievable levels of Bachelor drama. And I'm so glad that my guest recapper is Sarah because she has some great insights to share with you all. So please welcome Sarah for Bachelor Week 7. You have a great episode to recap with me because it is chock full. Oh, definitely. I think it's probably the most exciting one we've had thus far. I would agree with that. Before we dive into the meat of it, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I moved here with my husband about three and a half years ago. I have two kids. Um, I just had my daughter in um, July of this year through the pandemic. So it actually has been wonderful to have some distraction, um, (laughs) a reason to stay inside. So I've been doing a lot of that like everybody else. And I have been following The Bachelor. I looked it back um, and let's see, I think I started Crystal's season, like diving in pretty deep. So that's at least the last, you know, five, six years here. Um, And I just enjoy having fun with it. So So I'll start it off the way that um, I've been asking a couple people so far. What grade after this episode are we giving Matt in terms of his bachelorness? I give him a B plus. I think he dealt with a lot of things really, really well this episode. At the same time, I I have a hard time deciding um, how he really feels about the girls. Like, I feel like he's so, he's still kind of like, you can't really tell what's go- going on in his mind. So it almost feels like, is he into this person? Is he not? And I think that whole uh, lack of reaction sometimes made me give him a B plus versus, you know, an A plus. Well, let me ask you this. Did your opinion of him change at all after this episode? Because mine did. Yes. I started the episode thinking that maybe he's not ready. He does want some of the younger girls, some of the girls that are more like, well, you know, I'm not really, I want to be married, but I don't know if I'm quite there yet type thing. But I think that after this episode, he kind of cut through the fat, so to speak, and kind of really settled on the girls who seem more mature. I think he really is looking for somebody to settle down with at the end of this. See, and my opinion of him changed a little bit, and we're going to talk all about it, but (laughs) I'm unhappy with how he handled the Abigail situation. I think he did her dirty big time. Yes. yes, Um, Yeah. I also am unclear about who he likes. Yes. Because I think he does a really good job of making all the women feel valuable. And so I think that's really a wonderful quality. But towards the end here, and we'll talk about it later, I have a problem with how we dealt with Brie and kind of how Brie dealt with herself, quite frankly. Oh, I have a huge problem with that whole thing as well. Yeah. 
it'll become clear when we actually address um, and I, I think the... I think I feel the same way so I think once we get into it it'll be a lot clearer like you said <laughs> yeah okay so we pick up kind of where we left off we have we see Heather arriving again we saw her see her arrive in that um somewhat tragic white dress oh so tragic and the <laughs> emotions <picked> <laughs> are running high and not just emotions this is probably the part of the episode that I'm most worked up about because these women were bottom line hands down appalling. appalling absolutely had they learned nothing from the previous episodes like can you imagine if some of the girls were still there from like a couple of previous episodes like mj or any of those other ones i mean i i actually felt really bad for heather like she was ripped into and not just by one or two of them no. it was quite nearly all of them i understood that they felt like this is not the time for someone new and you know, it, it upends all of their plans about what this show involves heading into hometowns. However, they also are smart enough women to know that none of this was Heather's decision. I kept on like saying, I watch it with my best friend, Amanda. And I say, like, you know, it's the producers. They have to know it's the producers, right? Like how in the world are they blaming Heather for all this? She, poor Heather was so uncomfortable. I mean, obviously it was her decision I'm sure to go on there, but the producers kind of threw her into that fire and um, it just, it was, it was terrible. But the other girls had to realize that it was a show decision, right? <laughs> well, I don't think at this point in the bachelor's history that you can start playing stupid about how people get on the show, how dates are set up, all yes. of it. You yes. know that there's someone pulling the strings. And so if Heather wanted to come on the show, great. Do you think they said, Heather, would you like to come on this show the week before Hometowns uh, and yes. meet Matt and hopefully join this group? Come on. Yeah, no, no one. I think no one in the right mind would ever pick that scenario. <laughs> it's the and worst. I would venture to guess that she didn't know what point they were in filming. How would uh, you know specifically? Yeah, good point. Where sure. they were. She even said at one point, like, I don't want any of this, you know, so um, it's very believable that she didn't know what point they were in at filming. And so she was, you know, kind of played too in a way that uh, she didn't expect to, to be so far along at that point. Who do you think, I mean, first of all, they were all mean, every single one of them. I couldn't keep up with who was being <laughs> mean at what point, but who was the meanest? Who do you think so was the ringleader of that group? So I actually watched the episode a second time and I tried to pay attention to that whole scene because it was awful. It really was. And I actually think Jasenia was the worst of them. Piper was not good either, but, um, you know, her date was cut off. So I feel like I understand where her frustration was coming, coming in, but like, I mean, she, and she did not do herself any favors, but Jasenia, wow, she was really, really laying it on thick. I completely agree. And I remember looking at her going, wait, that is Jasenia. That's the same one who took the high ground with MJ and yes. I thought came off really well. Yes. And then the minute she wasn't feeling so intimidated, perhaps she felt like it was fine for her to behave that way. Well, and doesn't it make you wonder like what was really, who was MJ as much of a villain against Jasenia the other prior week, you know, 
or did she, did Jacenia, just, I'm sorry, did Jacenia really have a lot more to do with it, you know, than she led on? Because she came out of that first episode, Jacenia looking really good. But then after this one, you got to wonder, okay, she's not, she's not innocent in any of this. No, or she's the type that feels empowered around other mean girls and yes. thought like, yeah, now we're gonna, mm-hmm. we're all gonna do this. And when you get in front of her face to face and say, what did you do? Then she cowers, you know, oh, she, she's actually she the was, worst kind of, of mean girl. Absolutely. She was not holding back. I was so fired up about this portion of the episode. And I'm thinking about where we are in the world. And, you know, we have all this Chris Harrison drama and I'm thinking, I want to see some companies not give these girls influencer contracts and flat tummy tea and no free fab fit fun boxes for these women who behave this way. If we really want to take a stand against bullying and the way women treat each other, that's what I want to see. I want to see these companies say no free fab fit fun box for you. You are appalling and totally, totally inappropriate. Absolutely. I think that's the best way of showing like accountability on the company side of saying, you know, we don't stand for this. Like, you know, these girls are probably on very little sleep. They are thrown into a situation that's not normal, not comfortable. They all are starved for interaction, love, you know, you name it. Um, So the worst of the worst is probably coming out. Yet, The fact that we've seen it repeated on multiple episodes, it's not just like, oh, you know, we're at week seven, seven, right? (laughs) We're at week seven and things are really, tensions are high. It's like, no, this has been, you know, constant throughout. So, you know, clearly this is a character flaw. Yeah. And it's a reflection of the culture that's been allowed in this house. You know, whether it was created and started by Victoria, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe Victoria, because she was so confident in herself, raised her to a higher level of villainhood. But in actuality, everybody else was behaving the same way. She was just the loudest. Yes. Yes. I mean, you look back at Victoria, you're like, was she even that bad? I don't, I mean, you know, (laughs) she, she had a level of, of crazy, but you know, they all, they all have, um, you know, kind of some, some dark sides to them of this bullying. And like you said, being very, very loud about their feelings and not even, you know, I can understand being upset with that situation. You know, someone's coming in, they feel very invested, but I don't think if I were in that situation, I could ever treat someone like that. It's, it's terrible. I mean, I think about myself though at 23 and maybe I wouldn't have said it to her face, but I would have said something to the other girls, of course, on the, you know, behind her back, which is not any better. But I think that that's a kind of common girl catty thing, um, unfortunately. Um, But just, it was not, not pretty, especially um, the fact that Matt had already addressed that he didn't stand for bullying. He didn't stand for the way the women, you know, he didn't like how they acted. He even addressed that. And all of them were kind of hypocrites. The fact that the new girls were like, oh, we'd never be like that. Then come, you know, Heather comes in and they play the same game that, you know, the, uh, what do they call them? The OGs did or whatever they, (laughs) whatever they were. Yes, I completely agree. And so we see Matt decides to send Heather home, which was the right decision. Yeah, Um, I, I really appreciated him doing that. I wouldn't have been surprised if he kept her though and been like, you know what? I've had some of these girls around. I didn't make a connection with them yet. And they've just kind of been skating through, but it really, um, the girl, the way the girls 
acted and talked about it in their interviews, they were like, we'd be done, blah, blah, blah. So my, I do agree that Matt made a very good decision. I thought he also looked good when he apologized to Piper and acknowledged that that was an interruption. I thought he looked great. And yes. then, um, and this is not, this is not a shot against him because he didn't know, but he says to the whole group, he says, you're all handling all of these obstacles with such grace. And that's <laughs> me at the TV going, what? Yes, that's not an yes. ounce of grace. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny what he doesn't know and it's not clued in on. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like, you can't blame him for that. I'm glad they left in that comment because it showed exactly the difference between what you would expect to happen. Great point. Yes. Yes. He's so, and yeah, he's so blind to everything. I mean, you don't know if this experience he's having is so different than the one that ones the girls are having in the house. This just showed it a hundred percent. What did you think about Serena P getting the second one-on-one date of the season? I felt terrible for Abigail. I was, I thought that should have been Abigail's date a hundred percent. And it's funny because I was like, Serena P, which one, you know, I, it's been seven weeks yet. I still, I felt like there's so many girls. I still kind of forget who each one is. And she's the one that had the goat date, correct? Yes. She okay. had the goat date. And I thought they had minimal connection on that yes. date. I thought they sent in the goats to try to get them to interact better with one another. And I walked away thinking like, this girl's not going to last long. I don't see it between them at all. And so I was shocked then that he gives her this second one-on-one. Yeah, absolutely. I was not expecting her to get another one-on-one. No, Matt wears actual yoga pants, (laughs) which was just another like hit to his style uh, report. (laughs) Surprised he wasn't wearing a turtleneck still. I know. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I thought her modesty was um, appreciated and her honesty was appreciated. I I enjoyed the fact that she was 100% true to herself, even at the risk of seeming like a little bit of a (laughs) fuddy-duddy. Yes, no, definitely. I love that she was honest about how much she hated the date. (laughs) Yes, and I think she made... um, She had a quote that, um, you know, she says, I'm not quick to love or lust. And I thought, well, you're on the show that's quick to lust. But I I appreciated it. And honestly, I felt like the whole time she was telling Matt that she wasn't, not just not into the date, but not into him overall. Right. So are you surprised then that uh, she is getting a hometown? So going back to that crazy situation when Heather was first in, he had made a comment about, oh, all you ladies on the couch are the ones that I'm here for, or something like that. And then we cut to Serena's date. Serena said like, oh, that's the most I've been attracted to him this far or something like that. Oh, I and missed I, that. So, so yeah, and I caught that the second time around. I was like, oh, wow, well, that makes sense on this date because like she did not seem... Like you said, even into him, that kiss, he tried to go in for that kiss when they're doing the the locking of the eyes. And I was like, oh, oh, that was so hard to watch. Like right. I felt terrible for him. Then I was like, you know, like you said though, you know, she did make that quote. And so she clearly is uncomfortable with it all. I mean, she even said like, oh, I hate this. Like during, during the date, you know, she was very uncomfortable with it. But then I still didn't see, see the connection. And it was interesting too. I noticed when they did the dinner portion, 
um, you know, Matt's all like, oh, I was loving it. I really felt it. Like he was on a totally different page than she was. Like, I don't know if he's just so into her and maybe she's like, thinks she's playing hard to get that, you know, he's like into it, but I did not see the same feelings, you know, shared back on her end at all. No, because if she was as uncomfortable as she expressed that she was, I just imagine you would feel that energy of that person when they're literally on top of you. Yes. I mean, I, I felt like in a way he was kind of having like a very testosterone moment where he's flipping her tiny body around and, you oh know, I'm God, sure he could... felt like some big, big man on campus, but, yes. but if she was that rigid and as hating it as she was, yes, I judge him for not noticing that and acknowledging it in the moment. You know, actually, it's so interesting you say that because like I said, I noticed when I was watching it the second time, how she kind of, there were some comments she was muttering about how uncomfortable she was with it. And he was so probably impressed with her flexibility because I know I was, I was like, <laughs> right. oh my God, this is impressive. <laughs> um, I wish I could been like that. But he probably was just so into the date that he didn't step away and was like, wait a minute, you're not feeling this. You're uncomfortable. Why don't we stop this? You know? Um, and he, I don't know if maybe later he did feel pretty guilty about that. He didn't notice it. Cause he kind of said something about that. Like later, like, Oh, I'm sorry. But I really wish he would have like kind of taken himself out of that moment and, and listened to her more during the date. Cause she just wasn't, she wasn't vibing with it and right. he was not even paying attention to it. So like you said, I don't know if it was like, you know, his testosterone was on an all time high, but right. um, he did not notice that at all. Yeah. And I'm certainly not implying that like there was some non-consensual behavior, oh, you know, not. during this, yes. no, but no. she was just not liking it. And then I also think like, wait a minute, you producers probably knew yes. what, yes. <laughs> what her triggers were and what yes. her, um, you know, her limitations were. And yes. she was probably the one who said, I'm afraid of heights. And so they sent her on a skydiving date. A you know? Absolutely. Yeah. She's like, I don't like, um, you know, PDA in public and they've got all these cameras and they're doing the most sensual day ever. You know, it's like right. <laughs> definitely putting her in, in that situation. All her signs were pointing <laughs> to, I'm not into this. And he yes. was like, great. Yeah. Let's keep, you know, I'm glad you're honest about that. Yeah. It's very much, it's very much um, an example of the power dynamic. You know, at the end of the day, Matt's the bachelor, Matt yes. takes her on this date and you enjoy the date because right. you've been selected for this time. And so I wonder in her head, if there's like that slight bit of guilt, that's like someone else would have really enjoyed this maybe. For sure. And I think too, she kind of, she made some some remark about, you know, put a check mark, did it first time, last time, you know, not going to do it again. <laughs> but I think that was also maybe something why she did put, she put herself out there and she did do the date, even though she was uncomfortable, she was a trooper and she went along with it. And she, you know, she probably could have said, Hey, I got to stop. I'm not into this, of course. Um, but she didn't. And obviously she was honest about her feelings towards Matt. So I feel like, like you said earlier, she, there was no point in the date where, you know, it wasn't something she was obviously she was uncomfortable, but not enough to, to be like, ah, you know, this is right. triggering. She put herself out there and she really did take the chance. And she said, you know what, I'm going to give this a chance. See it. I hate it. And then at the end, she's like, and I still hate it, but I did it, <laughs> you know? So there you go. <laughs> so the next thing I have um, on my notes, let's see. So can we skip to this Brie telling him that she quit her job? Oh her, my God. Her dream job she announces to him, I have quit my job. 
Okay. And I have, I have many thoughts. Number one, maybe she did not express herself properly, but the fact that she quit her job to be on the bachelor was compared to her mom being a single mom and struggling with hardships. The fact that she compared these two sacrifices, I was not following. Yeah, not at all. Well, she did say her job was her livelihood. And you're like, you pretty much cut off your livelihood for a potential chance of probably not even like, you know, winning this whole entire, what are you thinking? I just did not, I did not get it at all. I, (laughs) it didn't make sense to me. She was so emphatic about this was my dream job. Yes. Um, so a lot of girls, I'm sure, either left their jobs or, you know, plan to leave their jobs or, and, you know, you might be in a position where you're thinking there's got to be a better way or a different move for me. And this could be a good turning point for me. Absolutely. I'm certainly not judging the decision to quit her job, but I'm, I judge the the intention and the motivation of saying, I am making a sacrifice for you because he didn't ask her to make that sacrifice. I don't think she's gotten much affirmation to work off of that she should be making this sacrifice. And the whole time I'm going, no, no, no. (laughs) Oh, I I felt the same way. And I feel terrible because I don't remember Brie all that much. She hasn't been a standout character thus far. And unless like, you know, they're not showing it yet, the connection that they've had, I just was shocked at that she'd make this decision. First of all, I didn't understand why she didn't like go to him. I think it would have made great TV if she did a private going to his room and saying, we really need to talk. My job just said, hey, you know, if I don't come back now, I need to resign. It means a lot to me, blah, blah, blah. Where do I stand in this process? Like, I feel like especially, you know, going forward, as a married couple in the future, it'd be a decision that they would both make together. So for her to step back and say, oh, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to make this big, huge move and just cut everything off for this potential chance. Like I did not see, well, we haven't seen a lot of her connection with Matt. So this is just like, girl, what are you doing? I am just shocked. (laughs) Well, and to your point about his lack of reaction, if I remember correctly, his reaction was, thank you for sharing that with me. That's that's a terrible reaction for such a gigantic thing that she supposedly did for him. Right. And so I feel like that got her into the hometowns. If he was at all on the fence, he's got to keep her now. Oh, absolutely. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, well, there's no way he's cutting her now. Like, are you kidding? And he... He has mentioned in the ep- this episode, and I think in previous ones, you know, he wants, oh, I know what it was. It was with the Heather thing again. He had mentioned, oh, I love how bold it was that you came here. You know, I love bold, bold things. And so that was a bold move, but I don't know if that was a smart, bold move, move for her to make at this time. No. And the fact that she, she linked it to a sacrifice that one must make, yes. I just, I just don't it, agree with that at all. Oh, absolutely. Because because it wasn't really people who sacrifice things don't really have the choice like oh do I get to be on this show or do I you know like usually it's a lot the hardships are are a lot more at stake than than what she was trying to to you know acquit although right. obviously though if she doesn't have this job and she had nothing else set up when she gets back home that that's a big sacrifice that she put herself through but I don't think it was a necessary sacrifice Piper drops the falling in love, okay? Mm -hmm. But we hear that many times through the episode. So has everybody dropped the falling in love by the end of the episode? You know, I really wish I I kept a tally 
tally of that because I'm pretty sure they have. You know, we hear Piper do it. Rachel did it in the last couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. Michelle did. Did Kit do it? So Kit had that, Kit had that whole speech where I couldn't tell if she was staying or going. Right, right. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I don't know if she said it during that or not. Okay. But her, her whole, so let's get, let's go to Kit and then we'll, we'll circle back to Abigail. So my working theory on Kit is that she sent herself home because she knew she didn't want her mom to come. That's actually kind of what I was thinking as well. Um, I almost thought, you know, I wonder if Kit's mom said, unless you know you're going to end up with him, do not bring him home. Like this is, we do not need this extra thing in our lives. Like they probably like to keep kind of private. And I also wonder if like Kit's used to people using her for meeting her mom, you know, like kind of seeing what that whole what's behind the veil type thing, you know, and so maybe she also wasn't comfortable with bringing some all this into her life. She if she wasn't going to be the win, you know, the winner or like engaged at the end. And the fact that she's 21, you know, Mm -hmm. she's one of the younger ones. She had some very ugly moments of mean girl behavior. Yes. And I don't think at the end of the day that they had much connection. Again, she got a one-on-one, which how in the world <laughs> yes, did she get right. a one-on-one? I'm watching her big speech and I'm thinking, where in the, where in heavens is this going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was really impressed that she said like, Hey, this is, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is, you know, what I expect. She, you know, she laid it out all clear. And I think I thought that she was doing that to possibly be cut there and then you know she's like okay if I throw this out there he's gonna say oh well I do want to get married at the end of this I do want kids I do want a family and she'll be like oh that doesn't line up I'll get myself out of here then and it didn't work (laughs) so she's like oh shoot now I really gotta cut it off that's actually a good thought because yeah he he sort of didn't take the bait no not at all he was like okay cool yeah whatever like another one of those moments where he hears him but he doesn't really hear him Yeah. Yeah. And that's another one of those examples where I question like, where, like, what is Matt really thinking about these girls? Cause I don't think he felt particularly connected to her. Well, it's interesting. Cause at first when I was watching their date, you know, and they were really vibing and he didn't cut her after her big speech about, you know, I want this, I want that. I was like, okay, well maybe he's thinking after this, you know, I can still kind of have my fun lifestyle. We'll be in the city. I can go party with her. You know, we got all these things. So like at that point of the episode, I was still thinking, you know what? Maybe he's not serious about actually setting down, settling down at the end of this. Um, he really does want to just kind of still have fun. He's not totally ready to dive into this. And so Kit is a great option for him. That's kind of what I was thinking when he didn't cut her after that speech is regardless, she might have a really fun little lifestyle and that would be a nice connection to make. Yes, absolutely. You're like, all right, cool. I love this. This is great. <laughs> yeah, maybe Cynthia Raleigh's interested in some like menswear turtleneck line. We don't know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, another big opinion is related to Abigail. Okay. Oh my, the poor girl. That I poor have girl. been all in on Abigail from the jump. Oh yes. Their connection, I thought they seemed to have a really strong and natural connection. We saw that when he gave her the first impression rose. And I thought we saw it again in that next episode when they did that, like, let's have a, let's have a code word or let's have a, you know. Yes. And actually there was an interview where Abigail was talking about Matt and she did touch her ear and like behind her ear or near her ear. And I was like, 
is she signaling or is that just a random thing? I don't know because it was before she got the group date. I'm not sure. I okay. have to watch, but I saw that and I was like, Hey, is that their signal? Is that their sign? Which I thought was so super cute that they had. And it was just really disappointing the way things went with her. We've been waiting for more Matt and Abigail. Yes. I kept thinking this would be her date. Absolutely. Her date has to be coming. Her date has to be coming. Okay. Yep. Well, then we see Serena P get that second one-on-one date and it is now over for Abigail. You know, once that happens, it's over. If I were Abigail and I didn't get that one-on-one, I don't know if I would have been able to stick around just personally being like, okay, like I put myself out there. Hometowns are next week. You know, she gave him a lot of grace by waiting for him to kind of tell her what he wanted. And she unfortunately never got that. And I think she, overall, she handled herself with confidence. You know, she wasn't begging anybody for attention, but she also wasn't slinking back, Right. you know? So I thought, I thought she was doing all the right things in waiting for this acknowledgement from him. Absolutely. How do we feel about his explanation for her lack of um, involvement in the rest of the season? Oh my God. Okay. So I was so mad at Matt, like his response. um, First of all, he was like, oh yeah, I was felt so much of a connection with her that he kind of put her on the back burner. And then he's like, oh, I wish we had more time. And I was like, are you kidding me? You had the choice to like pick her for more time. You were the one that cut off any possibility of getting to know her better. All of the things he said, I was like, this is on you, Matt. Like you could have given her a date. You could have given her a one-on-one. You could have explored that connection. And instead he gave Serena P a second one. And then even Jacenia a one-on-one over Abigail. Earlier, Jacenia wasn't really even, I didn't think, a front runner. But and here Abigail and him had a very strong connection in the beginning. So I was super shocked that he didn't come back around and give her the time that she needed and then explained it as a, you know, almost like he forgot, like, whoops. Yeah. You were here. You know, I I hated that. I hated that part about it. Well, and this is a guy who pulled Piper out of an interview to make out with her in a barn. So this is a guy who knows if he wants time, he can manufacture it in whatever way he chooses. I don't buy his explanation. And quite frankly, if I'm going to be the most like accusatory, so, so best case scenario, he, oops, I forgot. Worst case scenario is you used her for her story in that first impression rose situation. And you thought this would make you look like a good guy. And that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. And I wouldn't have thought of that except for him suddenly going like, oopie, yeah there well she yeah. was first impression rose there right right oh I don't know that's that's a interesting it's, it's a lofty charge I realize this <laughs> <laughs> for sure but then you you do have to wonder like what was Abigail's role in this season um she handled herself so well throughout the episode like you said I mean even when she didn't get that other one-on-one I mean those other girls would have thrown fits like they would have cried and stormed off or stayed in the room for three days like you know there would have been something going on with them but she just handled it so well she went on the group date you know she did all the things that you should do and she didn't put up a fight but I also wonder if that part of her got her in trouble so maybe Matt realized like oh well she's not standing up for herself or she doesn't she kind of just goes with the flow which 
I wouldn't think it's a bad thing, but you know, for him, maybe he wanted someone a little bit more outspoken because a lot of these women definitely were. And so maybe he just kept on, he lost his interest if he did have some in the beginning. Yeah, sure. I just, it made me question what they were showing me and what I was seeing when I'm legitimately watching these two connect as naturally and easily as they appeared to have done. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's really easy and I I wouldn't put it past it being like, oh, that looked really great for the first episode. And this looks really great for the show. Let's keep Abigail in, you know, we're trying to keep a diverse cast and that's the reason. Right. I'd hate to think uh, it's that. Yep. But I also wouldn't put it past them. Overall, I don't like, I feel like he did her dirty on that. Absolutely. I I think uh, Abigail, though, would make a great bachelorette if they're looking for one. Yes, I completely agree with that. I do want more Abigail. Um, So this just shows you how turned off I was by Jacinia. I don't have any notes other than the word Jacinia about her one-on-one date. (laughs) Okay. I I, I have a lot to say about her, but it's funny that originally- with the whole MJ thing, I was like, I was like, okay, she's standing up for herself. I'm like, I think, you know, I kind of like this girl. After the whole Heather incident, I was like, all right, I am done with you. Like you are a terrible human being. I do not want you to continue in this process. Like, so when she got the one-on-one, I was like, Ugh. like, I just was not even feeling watching this same thing. And then in the the date, personally, I've hated every single date pretty much that these girls have been on. I know I would never be a perfect match for Matt. Like none of these things sound good to me. I am not a marathon runner. Um, the whole, and any of these are just like, no, thank you. So, um, and then she seemed, I, I think she actually, a lot of fakeness, I think was shown on her side in this episode because she had such enthusiasm of this. Like she's like, oh, and very, you know, very smiley and all like into it. And, um, you know, just not really showing maybe her true feelings on anything on the date. Did you catch her? She asked him to lift her up onto the car to like kiss her. She's like, no, or something. And I'm like, what? Like, that's so awkward. Like, so like, I mean, yeah, it was just so weird. I was like, oh no. And, uh, I just did not, uh, I, seeing Justinia's behavior earlier, I did not even care to watch her on this date. I was like, I do not care for how you acted. That was a real, you put yourself in a really bad light there. Like that was hardcore mean girl stuff. And, you know, I think if Matt had seen that he would have cut her right there and then based on what he had said earlier. So I wasn't into even caring about what happened on this, but I did catch that. And I was like, Oh, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Going to the dinner portion of the date, she was like all smiling. She still had that same smile. She still had that same like fakeness bubbly, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, then he cut her and she's like, oh, kind of cut you, it off there. Do you love how he cut her though? He was like, here's the rose. Oh, I'm not I, actually, you. I think that's actually such an evil move. Like to have them pull, take the rose, physically have it in hand, show it to their face and be like saying all these things. Well, I really like this and this and this and this, but sorry mm-hmm. you're not getting this like it's like you and know just kept like yeah waving it in her face <laughs> oh it was brutal but you know <laughs> I yeah I was not sorry to see her go and I was Absolutely glad that not. that little fake smile was wiped right off her face with yeah the, with the yes rose dangling moment I actually thought she was gonna get cut like two weeks ago so I was still surprised that she was here and getting a one-on-one I agree did you notice like she's all dressed up and then Matt was wearing like a hoodie? Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, I might've been like, you know, a $300 cashmere sweater, <laughs> but <laughs> I just, that was, that also was one of those, like, like they're not vibing maybe on the same thing. But. Yeah. I just, overall, I think Matt's style is horrific. Yes. Um, I hate it all. I hate the tight <laughs> yeah. pants. I hate the ankles. Yes. Um, yes. I, I do not love the turtlenecks only nope. because they're paired with the blazers. Yeah. It's just yep. all, it's just not working for me. And I know that it's really working for other people. So I don't not, know. Not my style either. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Those girls were super giggly when uh, Jasenia's luggage got picked up. They were just happy to see, not, probably also knowing that they're, you know, a shoe in for the rose, but. Right. Yeah. That was also kind of one of those, like, hmm, <laughs> those moments of them showing their not so favorable sides, I suppose. I normally hate the women tell all. I'm interested this time. I am into the women tell all. I want to see some of these girls get called out. Oh yeah. Um, and I want to see who's really friends with who, what alliances have come after watching this. Ooh, yeah. You no, know, I want to know what the real dynamic was because I don't think I can identify like, oh, these two girls appear to be close or yeah. these three appear to be close. I feel like they are every woman for themselves at the end yep. of the day. I, I feel that mentality too. So I would be very interested to see who matches up with who, because I was surprised back when um, Victoria was around and she like was taking a walk with Kit. So I didn't see that pair, you know, um, but they don't, I guess they didn't show a lot of that, but um, they're not really focusing. And, you know, maybe that's a problem with this season too. They, they definitely are honing in on all the bullying, all the meanness, all the cattiness, but they're not showing the friendships that may be forming in the house, if any, and maybe there's not, and maybe that's why they can't show it because they aren't very, it's funny too, in a time when everybody's like, oh, let's be supportive of other women. We're, you know, women supporting women. We're all here for each other. Like there was none of that shown. There's still none of that. I'm waiting for that. Maybe it will be um, now that, you know, like you said, so these final ones, these are the girls who have either gotten a really great edit or have been less of the drama, I think. So they they might be the more mature, reserved ones. I love Michelle. Michelle, I think, is my front runner. Um, I really think that he vibed with her. They seem like they had really intelligent conversations and they connected on a deeper level than some of these other girls. They were really able to get into like actual issues and things that matter to them versus these other very superficial dates. So I really like Michelle. Rachel is so, I think, you know, that date, the group date, the date that they had, I think he gave her the rose to signify like she said she was afraid he wouldn't be there at the end of this. And I think that was like his signal to her being like, I'm really into you. So mm -hmm. I think that's his front runner right now. And that's what he's thinking. He definitely has connections, but I'm so bad at actually being able to see if he's interested. Like we said earlier, like, is he really interested or is he just saying this? Like all of them are being like, oh, I'm falling for you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, like he, you can't tell from his face except for like with Rachel, for sure. Mm -hmm. You can see it. Again, Brie, I don't know anything about Brie. Do you remember? I, was she the first, she was the first girl, green dress girl is what my friend yes. and I called her. Yes. Okay. So she was the first one. 
I like her every time I see her, but we haven't seen a lot of her. She hasn't right. been showcased a lot. So that was kind of a surprise. I actually thought she might've been the ones going home um, in this last rose ceremony. Cause I was like, oh, like she's gone because we haven't seen a lot of her. But right. so that was a shock for me. And then Serena P again, it was like, all right, Matt's into her because he kept her, which was a surprise. I, I think he probably should have sent her home too. Like <laughs> right. um, he's honest with himself, but I definitely saw the biggest connection with the Rachel and Michelle. See, and I feel like I wrote Michelle off because she was in that second batch. And so I just assumed that anyone they brought in on the second batch was a second thought of the producers. Yeah. So I think maybe I did not give her as much attention as I should have. But really, when you think about it, like she has not been in our lives very long. No, no, not at all, actually. So it's it's pretty, you know, um, telling, I guess, on her part that she did make such a, a strong connection with him not being there as long as the other girls. Piper... You know, the way she kind of acted earlier, too, in the episode, I'm not going to lie. When he didn't announce her name, I, I cheered. I was I was happy to see her go, too. So, yeah, um, she had her time and her exit was not pretty either. She was hurt. I mean, and I get like, you know, you're that far in, you're invested. And I actually did think that her, you know, Matt pulled her off even to make out with her on that one date. Like, so they had a connection even stronger than I've seen some of these other, you know, like I said, Serena P and Brie even. So Mm -hmm. in a way it was shocking to see her go, but I wasn't sad about it. And sometimes I wonder too, there's gotta be some level of politicking when you get this far along as the lead, where maybe you cut someone who you know has stronger feelings for you, but you are not feeling it. And so you don't want to continue to lead them on or you keep somebody who, you know, you're not feeling, but at least you have a real nice time together. And so some of that always comes out, you know, when they, they do the podcasts, you know, down the road a year later and they say like, oh no, you know, like Nick Vile, who I quote on this podcast all the time, he talks about how he and Raven had an agreement. We're not a couple, but let's like, I enjoy spending time with you. You enjoy spending time with me. And at no point did she think he, he was picking her, right, even though she right. was the runner up, you know? Yes. yes. Well, and I've heard on other, so I listen to a lot of the podcasts too. And I have heard in the past, a lot of the girls at this point in this stage kind of know who the front runners are. And so, like you said, they kind of know like, okay, I'm not going to be picked, but I know that we have a friendship with Matt. And, and I don't know if we've really gotten that, you know, maybe moment of clarity from these other girls. I don't know if they've actually realize that about where they stand with Matt. And I don't know if he's really made that clear to anybody, Um, not even the viewers. Like, I don't even know. Um, So I wonder if they also, I'm I'm sure they have to see the Rachel connection because I feel like that's the strongest of any of them. But beyond that, you know, maybe the rest of them feel like, oh, well, I guess I'm number two. Like in their own head, they think that they, they still are a strong front runner. If it's me and he's affirming me the way he is vocally to some of the women, I think I would have the wrong idea about where I stood. Absolutely. Yeah. He, um, he's really good at making everybody feel comfortable and, you know, important in that moment and that he's there for them, all of them. You know, if you, if you take out every single, you know, talk he's had with these women, um, he's saying kind of the same thing to, to all of them, just stronger, pretty much enough to let someone think, okay, I've got this. We're good. Right. Something that I've heard on several podcasts while we're on that topic is that Matt has no game. And I I didn't really think about that until (laughs) somebody else said it. I'm like, you know what? 
Yep. He does not have any game. He does that sums not it up. strike me as like some like, you know, Lothario, like where he's going to put the moves on. Like he's, he kind of seems a little dry toast in that way. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I think he's really good. So like going back to what I said originally, when I gave it a B plus, I gave the B plus mostly for his fact that if he was like his own PR firm for like his business, he's really good at saying the right things when he needs to, you know, when he let um, Heather go and things like that. And he can say some right things and tell all the women kind of what they want to hear, but whether or not it's true or believable, you know, um, is another thing. So (laughs) especially the way he handled like the Abigail and all those other things. So he can talk, but he's not a smooth talker. You know, like you said, he doesn't have the game. He's not doing it maliciously. He's not doing it because he's a player. Like, I think he's a nice guy who knows how to speak well to people. (laughs) And so he uses that and that's what he does. And he can make people feel comfortable and, and connect to people. But whether or not they actually have a connection is like totally different thing. And then my, my final thought too, the last minute of the episode um, when they did like the outtakes and stuff, it was my favorite minute, I think, of the entire episode. Yes. Like finally we got to see these girls have some personality, have some like fun, have something that we've been missing this entire season. Just like letting them let loose, like showing who they are, um, you know, instead of all the drama. Like Michelle just cracked me up doing those push-ups. Well, yeah, at no point have I ever thought like, that's a girl I'd like to be friends with. Right, exactly. (laughs) At most, I felt like MJ would probably be the friend who always had the great one-liner, you know? And so, but you know, MJ still wasn't a shining star of the season. But yeah, I I haven't felt like these are women I want to be around until that that blooper moment, if you will. Absolutely. I mean, and that's been my problem with this season is like, every week I watch it. And then by the end of the week, I forget who everybody is or like really care. I'm like, Oh, if it stopped, like, would I be like, Oh, I really missed this. Like, not really to, you know, and I feel kind of bad saying that, but um, I haven't connected with any of the girls. Like none of them have been, you know, standouts that I'm like, wow, that person's really great. I want to see their love story take place and evolve. Like I just have not seen that from anyone. And maybe if they made more with Abigail, I would have been interested because like, I, I liked her person. I like how, you know, open she was with everything. She had so much confidence going in, but then they kind of killed that story early on, you know? So, um, and then a lot of the other ones, maybe they had great stories too, but they never highlighted that with anybody. So nobody was really like, you're not really rooting for anybody. (laughs) Agreed. I love that you said that you watched this with your friend on Zoom. That is such a cool little like tradition. Well, it's, it's funny. We like never did it until this pandemic, pretty much. Um, It was a great way to reconnect. And we're like, we can reconnect, we can drink wine over Zoom and hang out. Um, I have like one night where I can make sure the kids are asleep. And then I can just unwind, watch, you know, (laughs) trashy TV and have a great time. So um, that's been my, I guess, like, um, shining star of this whole pandemic. Yeah, no, that's very cool. And it's very like friendship goals, you know, to have to have that like bachelor zoom friend. That's cool. Yes, yes. And well, what's nice too is um, something we learned doing this is if you just talk to one person on zoom, they don't log you out after 45 minutes. Um, I think it's like if you have three people on then you have to keep on logging in if you don't have an account. But you know, because it's just two of us, we can talk all night long, which is awesome. So (laughs) I really appreciate that too. Oh, that's great. Sarah, you are a fantastic recapper. Oh, absolutely. I loved it. Thank you for having me. 
Your help is needed. I'm looking for a guest recapper for Hometowns Week. So if you are interested, send me a message either to my personal Instagram at Denise WQAD or to the show page at On a Mother Level. Give me a follow either way. Let me know what you think of our recaps and if you would like to weigh in for next week or the week after that. Would love to hear from you and enjoy the rest of your weekend.